So before we get started, please take a minute to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and Twitter at iShipItPod. You can also visit us on our website, iShipItPod.com, or email any questions or comments directly at iShipItPod, or to, uh, to us, to us at iShipItPodGmail.com. Every time I say this, I feel like Alexi Darling from Buzzline. <laughs> You can email me at darlingalexinewscom.net or you can page me at... But if you are feeling supportive and you want to help us grow, you can donate via PayPal, shop our Amazon affiliate link, or buy us a coffee. And last but certainly not least, please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends that you ship it. Pretty please. Thor ate a lot of Pop-Tarts in these fanfics. It is a hot garbage fire. Do you not know what sex pollen is? I mean, phantom seed... What? <laughs> I don't Hello there, geek girls, geek boys, and geeks beyond the binary. This is Emily J with the I Ship It podcast, your safe space on the internet for fan fiction, fandom, and all that stuff you've been pretending you're not reading on your phones. We are coming to you, friends in Shipper City, from our brand new Citadel of Smut. We have moved and we're in our new studio slash office slash soundproofed nest slash Citadel of Smut. Our sexy producer set it all up yesterday and it looks so good and it feels so professional. So thanks, honey. You're welcome. He's And he's going to talk a little bit. Maybe. Maybe. We'll I mean, he's officially set up to be able to talk, which is exciting. And we're in our new place, and it's a lot quieter. There should be less, I'm assuming, I would hope no, but I'll say less, freight trains coming past and all kinds of other fun noises that we didn't realize were slowly driving us insane. So all good things. Um, speaking of good things, you probably already heard this, but I would happily give you the news that um, I think we talked about it a couple months ago when the nominations were, that word, when the nominations came out. But um, AO3 was nominated for a Hugo Award for Best Related Work, which at the time we were all like, hey, cool. So my, you know, the copious amount of fan fiction I've written about Captain America getting a blowjob is now officially like a Hugo Award nominee. Well, guess what, guys? All of the fan fiction that I've written about Captain America getting a blowjob is now a Hugo Award winning <laughs> blowjob fanfic uh, because AO3 won a Hugo Award. So that's super exciting. Now, granted, we can't, I mean, technically, yes, we can all take credit. We can all say, if we've published on AO3, that we now have a Hugo Award, which I will do at every possible opportunity. But really, we should be taking a minute to say congratulations to the actual people who created the website, those people who have reserved themselves a place in heaven for giving us this wonderful archive, this beautiful community that we can all be a part of, and we can contribute to, and we can find each other, and it is the best goddamn filtering system I've ever seen in my life. I will never, ever, ever find a website that is filtered, fixed the way that AO3 does. That alone should be enough to qualify them for like internet sainthood or something. Anyway, congratulations, AO3. And you know what they did as soon as they won? They said thank you. And then they were like, but art doesn't happen in isolation. Art happens best in community. And they did this, they gave this beautiful speech about all of the people who 
are a part of AO3 and everything that that happens and all the people behind the scenes and all the people who contribute. And then they they asked the house lights to be raised and everybody who had ever contributed to AO3, they told them to stand up and take a minute to um, accept the award with them. And I thought that was so great, so cool. And yes, I also think it's pretty great that all of the Captain America porn that I have written is now Hugo award-winning porn. And what's better than that? Can I put that on a resume? Asking? I mean, no one's stopping you. No one is stopping me. It's true. I mean, no one is hiring me also. Um, not that I'm looking for a job. But if I were, maybe I'll brush up the old CV and uh, and throw that little accomplishment on there. And I encourage all of us to do the same. Well done, AO3. Congratulations. But we are not going to talk about Captain America porn or Hugo award-winning blowjobs this week. I mean, I I will at any time anybody wants to chime in and uh and you know, get that conversation going. I'm I'm, you know, guys, you know me. I'm always down to talk about a Captain America blowjob. But um we are going to talk about something else this week. However, before we get into that, um, I do want to say that I have gotten a couple messages this week about people who are finding the podcast in different ways. Um, and I just, I'm so happy to have you here with us in Shipper City. Um, somebody said that they shared it with their sister. Another person uh, said it was recommended to them because they just lost a parent and they were looking for something to make them laugh. So somebody recommended this podcast and they've been listening to it all week. And it's just like, oh, guys, Shipper City is the best fucking place in the world. I wish it were real. I feel like it would have great community gardens and a pool that had reverse um, kid and adult swim times. So, like, the adults would get to swim for 45 minutes uninterrupted, and then the kids could be in for 15, and then, you know, we'd switch it out. Um, also, with the water slides. And free ice cream. And um, all businesses would be cat-friendly. Most would be dog-friendly, but every cafe would be a cat cafe. That's what happens in Shipper City. Um, and if you are allergic to cats, it's fine. Allergy pills are dispensed at every uh instead of parking meters you just put in a quarter and you get a little handful of benadryl that's what happens in shipper city because i want everybody to enjoy the cats no matter what there that's that's my ideal place and of course all of the movie theaters only play you know fandom related films how about that sound good i would live there the rent's exceptionally reasonable also that's what happens in Shipper City. I'm happy you're here. I'm happy to have you. And um, if this weird thing that we do every week uh, where I, I sit in a soundproof room and, and talk about fictional characters having sex, basically, if that is, for whatever reason, getting you through a hard time, then like, ugh, my work here is done. My life has officially achieved something. And I might even go to my next high school reunion and fucking say that. Probably not, because I don't like them. But I might. Anyway, thanks, guys. I love you. Um, and I'm here. If you, if you want to talk, if you just want to listen to me talk, all good. <sighs> so instead of porn this week, um, because we started watching... 
Uh, actually, I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about. And then the universe was like, you should talk about this thing that you've been wanting to talk about. And I was like, okay, you're right. Um, because we started watching Mindhunter season two. I'm enjoying it so far. Jerry, your thoughts? Digging it. Digging it. Yeah. It's, um, it's like the exact same tone. It, it picks up seconds after the last season and it's the exact same tone. So there's no, there's, there's no, um, what's the word I'm looking for where things aren't the same continuity. Yeah. There's no lack of that. There's a lot of continuity, I guess is what I'm trying to say very poorly. Um, but anyway, it's great. And it, has uh the amazing and gorgeous and phenomenal Anna Torv in it um who I was like oh I want to talk about her the the show that I know her from should I I don't know and then in season two another character another actor from that show (laughs) and we all got bloody noses and it was like it's a sign (laughs) and then our alternate selves showed up and they were like yeah fucking talk about this thing um, but then another then you from the future <laughs> appeared magically through a portal and we all got bloody noses. It's a whole goddamn thing. Guys, this new apartment is insane. Um, but yeah, another actor from that show also showed up and I was like, all right, fuck it. We're doing it. Um, what are we talking about? I'm talking about Fringe. Now, you may not know what Fringe is. Uh, it is a TV show. I don't remember what network it was on. It doesn't matter. I think it was Fox. Wasn't was it? it? I think you could say literally anything other than like HBO. Well, there was like you know the X Files references and stuff, so I think it was a nod. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was. I guess it was on Fox, and it uh, was on for five seasons. I strongly feel that Jer and I are the only two people who ever watched that show. I bring it up, not a lot. I've learned, uh, but enough i'll make fringe references and people just look at me like i'm insane and i was like maybe it happened in an alternate universe (laughs) maybe this show only exists in an alternate universe it doesn't by the way it just wasn't that popular um if you don't know what it is i don't blame you because i've learned that most people don't it was a sci-fi tv show similar to the x-files it was on we now know fox uh starred anna torv (laughs) was it (laughs) I'm sorry. We so, now believe things to what Jared just said. <laughs> I didn't look it up or anything. I just, just said that. Jared says it was on Fox. Therefore. Sure. <laughs> sure. Fox, fuck wow. it. Whatever. Um, so, okay. Anna Torv. Uh, John Noble from, um, you may know him from Lord of the Rings. I know him from Fringe. And uh, my brother, Joshua Jackson. And also Lance Reddick. Now, what else? I know he was on one episode of Lost, but wasn't he on something else? I mean, he's been on a lot of stuff. Sure. <laughs> did you know him before Fringe? Yeah, I did. I just can't think of anything okay. offhand. Well, I, don't, I don't like I have a whole bunch of like research here on these screens. <laughs> we can't see each other. <laughs> so it looks like I'm doing like really hardcore he's producer definitely work. Definitely like guy with the, he's like computer guy, like Ned guy in the chair like ned in uh spider-man but um yeah see there's 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 key typing <laughs> the, sounds key <laughs> like i feel like you should have multiple monitors <laughs> i hear him not looking things up right now <laughs> uh well lance was um which is probably what led to him being on a friend he was uh in letter episodes of lost oh okay so 
it was not just one episode. It was more than one. Uh, yeah, he played that character a few times. Okay. That is where I knew him from. Anyway, he's in it. He has a huge role. He's great. Everybody's fucking great. This show was so good. Um, it did go off the rails a little bit. We can get into it. But um, it started out very X-Files-y. And considering I talked about X-Files last week, this is also a good lead-in. Um, it did, I want to say, the season one Monster of the Week stuff. Other people would remember him from The Wire. Oh, fuck. That is where he's from. Yes. Okay. The one episode or one season of The Wire I tried to watch. Or CSI Miami. He was in that a few times. Was he? Yeah. I don't remember him from CSI Miami. How do you Miami? not remember him? Look, I don't know. Sorry, I'm derailing this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have a mic. <laughs> Law and Order. <sighs> hey, get me on IMDb. I won't shut up. <laughs> Damn it. Go back to pretending to research. Okay. <laughs> Tell the difference between the fake typing and the real <laughs> So I guess he was on like a bunch of my favorite shows and I had no idea. Sucks to be me. Could have been enjoying him all this time. So Lance Reddick, Anna Torv. My oh shit, he was on Oz. <laughs> my brother, Joshua Jackson, and John Noble. for a long time. We, he's apparently been in our lives most of our, most of our years on this earth and we had no idea. Um, but so anyway, so they did the season one Monster of the Week thing. I think it's one of my favorite season ones, first seasons. I it was guess. a strong season one. It really was. There was like tiny, tiny hints that maybe something else like bigger was going on. But they really didn't build and get crazy. Um, So that like when the, the, you know, climax of season one happened, like at the very end, you were like, oh, fuck, really? And then like everything kind of just like clicked back together and you're like, oh. I guess that makes sense. Um, things that are wonderful. All right. So they did great. They Some of those monsters are fucking crazy. <laughs> there was a guy that turned into like a spiny porcupine monster on a plane and he killed everybody. That was nuts. Um, Not a spoiler. It's in the cold open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how it starts. <laughs> so it starts. So you know shit's going down. Also, you know shit's going down because you know how it starts? A bloody nose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about sci-fi bloody noses. If you ever think that shit's going down and you may be in danger from some sci-fi shit, you check your nose. If it's bleeding, you're dead in the next 15 minutes. You're dead before the next commercial break. Everybody knows this. So I hate to break it to you. Um, honestly, even though my life is not sci-fi at all, when I get a bloody nose, I'm like, shit. <laughs> Stuff might be going down because I've watched so much sci-fi since meeting Jeremy um, that I don't trust my own nose anymore. They did a lot with the sci-fi bloody nose, just so we're clear. The bloody nose has gotten a lot of mileage in science fiction. It's true. It's Television, true. Television, film at least. Um, I also. I don't know if it figures so heavily in written sci-fi though. Well, it does when your wife is writing fan fiction, um, because I recently just used the sci-fi bloody nose as a uh, as a plot device in my time travel fanfic. Mm. Hmm. Yes. So 
they do a lot of good tropes. They do a lot of good monsters of the week. But really, yes, the sci-fi stuff is fun. And it's interesting. And it's not cliche. Um, they do use the tropes, like I said. But they don't, they, they're not tired. Um, it's really, it's a really fun way that they do things. It is X-Files-y in the sense that they are kind, they're, they're working for the government. The FBI. Yes. Okay. So Olivia Dunham, Anna Torf, is an FBI agent. She's working with Homeland Security. And um, she then has a whole thing happens and her life gets all weird. And she then gets involved with Walter Bishop and Peter Bishop, his son. Those two, in my opinion, are the best part of the show. Walter Bishop is played by John Noble. Peter Bishop, my brother, Joshua Jackson. If you don't know what I'm talking about, by the way, with that My Brother reference, uh, please listen to the Mighty Ducks episode and check out our Instagram for a side-by-side comparison of My Brother Drew and Joshua Jackson. They are, in fact, the same person. So they're the best because they uh, they play this, this complicated, estranged relationship where Walter has been, is a genius. He was a uh, kind of like experimental super scientist in the 70s and 80s at Harvard. And that's where the, the title comes from because he worked in fringe science. Yes, fringe science, which apparently means like Frankenstein-y shit. Um, so experimental. he... Experimental. Yes. <laughs> Want to be all sciencey about it? <laughs> Frankenstein-y <laughs> was not on his uh, office door. Was it Harvard? Or yeah, Yale? it was at Harvard. It was Harvard, yeah. Yeah. So he used to work in Harvard. Um, some shit went down and he got sent to a mental institution. He's been there for a long time. And his son, Peter, they don't have any relationship at all, but he has guardianship of him. So Olivia needs Walter. And the only way she can get to Walter is through Peter. So she has to get Peter to get Walter out. And then he's got to stick around. Okay. I sent some daddy issues coming. Mm, there's so many. Um, and so you guys... You know your girl. She can't resist a damaged man with daddy issues in fiction. Thankfully, she's learned to resist them in real life because they bring nothing but trouble. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so there's a, a, a kind of weird dynamic between father and son and then Olivia on the outside being like, I don't give a fuck about your two, your your relationships. I need your dad's brain. He's a genius, and I need you to make sure that he stays sane enough for me for him to help me. Long story short, there is a great found family element to this because so they have those three, and then they also have um, actually my favorite character. I know I said that the father son thing was the best part of the show, and it is, but my favorite character is actually Astrid, who is an FBI agent. Played by Jessica Nicole. I love her. Love her. She's pretty great. She was so, okay, so she was she was an FBI agent, is that right? She was Agent Farnsworth, right? Yeah. Yeah, so she was actually an agent. But this poor girl, her entire job <laughs> was like keeping Walter on track. And um, he... There was a, a five-season-long joke that he could not remember her name. So her name was Astrid. And he called her everything from, like, Astro. <laughs> that was a pretty common one. To, uh, he also, yeah, he called her Astro a lot. And he called her Asterisk 
Asterisk. 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 That's a hard word to say when you're not trying to say when you're trying to say it. Um, He called her asterisks a lot. Um, There was one time where he was saying something else and she was like, it's Astrid. (laughs) I know I was talking about this other thing. Um, They also had a cow. Oh, yeah. How could I forget forget Jean? Jean, the dairy cow. Uh, There is a moment. um, There's so much good banter. There's so much good banter. But uh, there's a moment where Peter comes in and he's got lunch and he's got a burger and Walter comes over and he's like, how can you do that? And he was like, what? And he's like, how could you eat that in front of Jean? <laughs> and he goes to take, he's like, oh my God, she doesn't care. And he goes to take a bite and Jean's just like, <laughs> in the background, Jean is such a great character. <laughs> but yeah, so Dave, Jean the milk cow for... <laughs> real reason they don't explain right um i can't remember i don't think that they ever really explain it like he just asks for a milk cow because he wants to have his own milk or something and they're like fine whatever give him whatever he wants um anyway they become a little unit this this little family they're so fucking cute i just love them and um then of course thankfully feelings develop we have to have something to ship friends feelings develop between olivia and peter but not right away. She's got issues that she has to work through. Um, and he also has a whole bunch of things. So they don't just like fall right into it, which is nice. And the other thing I love about this show is that, okay, so Anna Torv is absolutely 100% a fucking gorgeous woman. She's so beautiful. But in the show, and she's still beautiful in the show, but they don't put her in a lot of makeup. And she never wears a dress. She's always in like drab shades of gray, which they they do sort of explain later on. Um, Shades of like black and gray, always. She's always wearing a blazer. Um, Very, you know, blends in. Frankly, she looks like an FBI agent. Like her hair is always just down in a low ponytail. And um, they don't play up her looks at all. Like there's never, I, I, don't, I don't think there's ever like a joke or my fucking least favorite thing that shows do is when they like tell you what character you're supposed to find hot and attractive by making like way too obvious jokes about it. They did that a lot on Dexter with Deb, which like was so gross. But anyway, Dexter's for another day. We're talking about Fringe. Um, they don't do that on Fringe. Um, they just let her be kind of frumpy. Not frumpy. She couldn't be frumpy if she tried. Just just drab, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. And there, <laughs> there is one morning where, because Walter's trying to play matchmaker, um, where he wants Peter and Olivia to be together. And he's like, don't you look lovely, Agent Dunham? And she's just like, yep. <laughs> and she's super, like, um, she's obviously in good shape. Like, she, she works out a lot, but she's got, like, a very soldiery kind of build. Like, she's just... She just looks like an FBI agent. A really pretty one, but still an FBI agent. And it was, it was a nice thing to see. Um, I appreciated that. They didn't go over the top, which was nice. And they never made her wear high heels, I don't think. I think she was always in, like, sensible shoes, which, again, super appreciate. Anyway, um, the one of the coolest things, I think... That they did. And I didn't love, now half the show, 
Sorry to break it to you. It turns into an alternate universe kind of thing. Multiverses confuse me. Time travel also confuses me. There's not, there's no time travel, is there? Mm, that's a good question. I don't think that there is. I think there's just universe jumping. That's yeah. that's the big thing. Yeah. Um, which is fine. That's cool. Oh wait, there's kind of time travel. Kind of time travel. Oh, I remember the the observers? No, the uh, the guy who kind of made a like a Faraday suit. Oh, that one and was in his house. Yeah, that was sad. Kind of gets stuck in a time bubble. Yeah. Oh, sad. There were a couple that were really sad. There was also one that I think about sometimes when I can't sleep and like need extra reasons to not sleep, which is the uh, Frankenstein one. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> now I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's this one episode and it's uh, it's just horrifying. I, the scariest part I will not tell you, but there is an episode. I don't remember what season and it, it doesn't matter. And it's um, all like classic sci-fi stuff. So yeah. it's kind of hard to talk too much about any given episode without just saying, well, yeah, it's that. Because they're all great. They're all great. Yeah. But you got to kind of, you know, sit through them. Yeah. To enjoy. But there's a, um, but yeah, there's a, uh, there's an episode where a guy goes around um, somebody that he loved had died and she donated her organs and he went around and took them all back (laughs) to put her back together holy fuck was it horrifying like when I I, mean the cold open I was like "Mm, this is really gonna be an awful one Um, and then it, it was it was it was really dark. <laughs> it's really, really, really dark. Um, but yeah, it was. I mean, they they weren't afraid to go to really dark places, which is exciting. But that is the one that has stuck with me all this time. Um. Oh, but the cool thing is, and before I get into the fic and the fandom a little bit, um, like I said, I feel like Jar and I are the only two people who ever watched this show. I just remembered that I either made my friend Brittany or informed my friend Brittany that she should be watching it and she had time. So she did. I think she watched it. Anyway, there may be three of us. However, I know the fringe fandom existed at one point because, and I hinted at this earlier, husband slash producer, um, when... The show was in danger of being canceled. I want to say it's season three, possibly season four. When it was in danger of being canceled, they, um, the fans signed a bunch of petitions. I think I signed them online, whatever. Signed a bunch of petitions. That wasn't doing anything because they never do. Um, Writing letters, whatever, to the uh, whatever network it is, probably Fox. And then that didn't work or they weren't being taken seriously or whatever. They weren't sure it was working. So people started sending packages of red vines, which um, is Walter's favorite candy on the show. They started sending packages of red vines to the powers that be at whatever network it was who was going to make that decision with like little notes saying like, please save Fringe, enjoy these red vines. And I don't know if it was like a coordinated effort or like if there was some central hub that was like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Go buy a package of red vines and send it to this address. Or if people just started doing that, I assume it's the former. Wait. Yeah. The former. Yeah. The former. 
Um, and people weren't just all like having this hive mind situation where they all decided to do this, though that would be cool and very fringe-like. But um, it worked. The red vines saved the show. Which I thought was so cool. I was like, yay, fringe, hooray, it's, it's saved. The fans saved it. I love that shit. I love when that happens. It might have been what got them their final season, though. I think that's how it worked. Is that like they were either going to be canceled with like all the shit hanging in the air, which is the worst. Oh my God, guys. It's the absolute worst. The absolute worst. When you're into a show and you're one of 10 people and then they fucking cancel it and there's no time to have like a senior year where everything gets wrapped up in a nice bow. That sucks. Um, but so they saved it and I'm pretty sure that that's the reason we got the season five that we did, which um, it was a good it was a good season five. It was by that point, my God, we were so far in the weeds of all the craziness that they had built to. And I think that might have been the fringe downfall. Is that they had a lot going on in a short amount of time. But there is there was a fandom. I don't know what happened to us. I know I'm a part of it, except that I'm not because I never created anything for it. So I guess I'm not really a part of the fandom. I'm just a fan. Is that... Are there distinctions? I don't know. No, because you can be a fucking lurker in a fandom. You don't have to contribute shit. I'm not gatekeeping. I'm I'm on the verge of gatekeeping myself out of this fringe fandom, apparently. But um, no, I take it back. I'm not. Anyway, I was hoping that since, you know, we all... We all. <laughs> here I am. I was hoping since the fringe fandom went crazy and sent candy to strangers to ask them to save the show that assuming that there would be some content created out there there really wasn't a lot like at all um what i found i enjoyed uh the fic that i'm gonna give you guys it, it it's it's good I'm, i don't want to sound like it's not good it is good um i was hoping that there would be others to choose from that there was more that I could offer but I'm happy to have found this in in what um in what I had you know what I was offered so yeah so I went to like search for complete works because I practice self-care and I use that button and I never want to give you guys an incomplete fic unless it's mighty ducks because we'll never get that we'll never get those years back um but uh, so I started, I was like, oh, okay, there's like 180 or whatever the fuck fix. And so then I was like, okay, well, I want to read about Peter and Olivia because they were my ship. So I, I went to the filter and I sorted that out. And I was like, Peter and Olivia, yes. And then I went to like complete works and it was like, you have eight fix you can choose from. It's like eight, eight fix. Really? There's eight complete fucking fix. <sighs> Yes, friends, there are eight complete fucking fix. And one of them is not in English. So I couldn't read it. <sighs> um, anyway, so that doesn't matter. Fuck it. Who cares? Uh, the fic that I have for you guys is great. That's all that matters. I found a, a, a diamond in a very small rough. Does that, does that work? Does that jive? Anybody? Whatever. Doesn't matter. The story is called 
Where the Story Ends Depends by Sandy Kay. And the summary is, Olivia had turned off all the lights with her mind. She may have tried to convince Peter it didn't happen, but he knew what he saw. She had done it. Maybe he could reach out to her with his mind. He cleared his head and thought very, very hard. But Olivia didn't show up, and the car went over a bump. Peter was still in the trunk. This is a post-episode AU fic. It's right around the time that Peter and Olivia are getting together. It's when shit starts getting like multi-season arc kind of stuff with Olivia. Her journey is actually super cool. Um, She goes on a really cool journey with figuring out stuff from her past and figuring out her own um, place in Walter, like how Walter fits into her past and how they fit into each other's life. Anyway, this is like right when this was about to start. I want to say it's middle of season two where this shit's going on. Um, so it's post-episodic. You should probably watch it. Love of my life, producer. Is there anywhere that we can stream Fringe? Looks like right now it's just uh, rentable. Just and rentable? Purcha- and purchasable. Okay. But all the services have it for, you know. Rent or purchase. Available. Okay. So you can find it. Um, rent it if you like it. Purchase it. Give them some change. And... Uh, and yeah, check out the series and then check out this fic because I would love so much if more than two people in my life, the one who recommended I watch it and the one I made watch it uh, and myself had seen this series because I frequently make reference to it and they fall on stone deaf ears. So um, let's, is this my call to reinvigorate the fringe fandom? <laughs> I didn't know I felt so passionately about it, but the fact that it existed and now is down to eight finished fix, I think really it struck a chord with me. I feel like there's something here. I feel like there's something we can breathe life back into. And if this is the mantle I must take up in these dark and troubled times, then I suppose I have to be up for the task. It's a difficult, difficult job that I've given myself, but I will reinfuse, reinfuse life into the fringe fandom how about that you're welcome fringe you're welcome big brother joshua jackson and anna torv i know you guys you know are counting on me speaking of fandom things and counting uh which brings me to um somebody asked me if we were gonna do patreon and i producer possibly is raising his eyebrows behind his uh computer screen i can't tell but I didn't talk about this beforehand. So when somebody asked me about Patreon, I don't know. I don't know what to offer for Patreons. Not, I'm not opposed. I'm just trying to figure out like the literally the only idea that I have come up with that maybe somebody might be interested in is a monthly like I ship it movie club where I pick a movie of like like okay so what do we do as fangirls right we decide we fall in love with somebody like i don't know we'll just call him sebastian stan and uh we decide we love him because he's bucky barnes and he's uh, a precious angel who deserved so much better and so we're like i love him i need to go watch everything else that he's ever been in this is 99 percent of the time ladies gentlemen this is always a mistake okay 
usually by the time we see them in the film that we fall in love with them in, that is like the best movie that they're in. Do you know why I'm saying this? Because I have watched uh, The Covenant. Thanks, Seb Stan. Uh, I've also watched Hot Tub Time Machine because of your ass. And The Bronze. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) These were not great movies. Do you know that I sat through them? Sadly, I've sat through The Covenant several times. Also, The Apparition, which is horrible. I think I made Jer sit through The Apparition, which I will never apologize enough for. Um, But anyway, so my thought for Patreon is like I could pick one of these movies, like something from Chris Evans' terrible, you know, collection of films, for instance. Uh, Possibly looking at you. (laughs) Rise of the Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four, 2007. I don't know yet. Um, but I could pick a movie like that, announce it ahead of time, and then I don't know that I could do it sober, so I could get drunk, and then I could record my own findings and thoughts and feelings while watching this movie. You could play the movie, and we could watch it together. For instance. For instance. That's <laughs> the only thought I've had. Option one. <laughs> This incredibly complicated, intoxicated fangirl moment that we could have together once a month. I don't, would any, would anybody pay for that? I have no idea. I, I don't know. I have no idea. That's the only thing. If somebody, because with podcasts, like when when people are artists, that shit's amazing. You'd be like, yes, uh, for my Patreon subscribers, you get this art, this beautiful thing that I created that I can, that you can hold in your hands. And it's art and it's gorgeous. With a podcast, I'm like, well, I can give, I can like reserve special words <laughs> for people. <laughs> I do listen to a podcast where uh, they have a Patreon and there's nothing extra on there. It's just a way to support. Oh. And I do that a few bucks a month. Well, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. I just, I would feel like I'd have to, I mean, maybe like there could be a level of, I mean, and I could say things like, well, if you're in a, a, you know, a number of dollar a month or whatever subscriber, you can pick the, the fandom content. But like, I don't need. Maybe the like opens a, a vote. Yeah. Voting pool for what movies. Yeah. Or what movies or like what fandoms or what. Yeah. Like I don't guys, guys. I don't fucking know. Do you have any ideas? <laughs> we're open. I, but that's what we're saying. I don't think I've made it clear enough that I am not sold on any of these ideas yet. So if you have something that you're like, I would pay money to hear Emily talk about X, Y, Z. Um, or, you know, be in a secret club. I, I do kind of feel bad. More than three people have told me that they um, were happy that we were moving to a better space. But they were sad that I was leaving the closet because <laughs> they were like, no, oh, but I love the closet. It was like the clubhouse. <laughs> I it's, felt like I was in like a secret little. It still kind of is. It's like a bigger closet. It's just a bigger closet. It's true. There are there are plenty of people. Who, my closet. It, <laughs> your closet also lives here. <laughs> Sorry. It's big enough closet to have my closet in it. <laughs> so, but yeah, so people were like, no, oh, I felt like it was like the little, you know, the secret clubhouse. Where we talked about fandom together and it was just like you and me in the closet. I mean, no cats allowed. It's true. (laughs) 
It's kind of a secret club. It's exclusive. It's a secret exclusive club in the apartment. Cats don't know what we're doing in here. They just know they're not allowed to come in. How about that? They snuck in. They know what's going on. That's true. Anyway, I don't know what I'm doing. All right. I- <laughs> so Patreon? <laughs> maybe. So maybe. Maybe. Maybe a Patreon. Maybe that's a thing that like as we're heading into as we're heading into. What the fuck? As we're well into year two of this podcast. Episode 57. Episode 57. Celebrated our first birthday a fucking month ago. Um, yeah. So things that I'm thinking about. If again, if you have any ideas, uh, shoot them my way. I feel I've made it abundantly clear that I have exactly one of my own. Exactly one. That's, but that is what I have, and that is what I have for you this week. Uh, so enjoy this this fic. Go find some fringe, eat some red vines, be in this fandom with me and Jer and maybe Brittany, and uh, and uh, yeah, get your ship together. That's all I got. 